Everybody, hope you're doing well. It is Sunday, March 6th. March March 6th, easy for me to say, at 1.55 p.m. Um, it's the day after Purdue uh, beat IU. It is the day after Purdue's final uh, Big Ten regular season scheduled game. And right now they're awaiting uh, some other Big Ten contests to be completed before the seeding for the Big Ten tournament occurs. Uh, Purdue looks like they're going to be they're going to be a two or three, uh, depending upon what Illinois does. But like I said, there's a there's a lot of shuffling that could still happen because you've got uh, ten Big Ten teams um, that could still move around in position based on the results of this afternoon's game. Before I dig in, what I'm going to talk about thanks to our sponsors Martin Vintage, uh, Gridiron Metalworks, and AJ's. Uh, visit them, uh, purchase things from them, say hi to them if you see them on the street. If you know the owners, um, but uh, thanks for tuning in to you today. Um, what I want to talk a bit about is I had I've had a couple interesting discussions with fellow Purdue fans on Twitter and other places about what that uh, what this team could be in the postseason. What has happened in the past few months or weeks, depending upon where you're looking, and what you think of the Purdue this Purdue team as they stand right now. It's pretty interesting. It's a pretty wide variance because you have some Purdue fans that literally call this season, they say it's a special one, what a great team, what a fun team to watch. You have others, and this is not an exaggeration, who say, I don't like watching this team. That's a heck of a variance. Uh, that's a huge variance. And um, I think age and kind of perspective, of course, affects this, affects what um, you think about this team and um, maybe what team was uh, on campus when you were there might matter too, because I think when you're a student and a, a team makes a bit of a run or wins a Big Ten title, that team holds a special place in your heart for me that um, I got to see three Big Ten titles. Uh, I saw Purdue get knocked out of the tournament uh, with Glenn Robinson uh, injured versus Duke uh, in Knoxville. But that team was a really special team. That team looked like had the look of a Final Four team to me, especially – uh, 19-year-old me, um, I really thought that team was going to make a run. This year when I look at this team, my question is, can this team flip the switch? Because um, they've got to be, play better than they have the last few games. Even beating IU, they didn't play their best basketball. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Um, one problem Purdue has, and this is a really interesting problem, this is one of my issues that I talked about um, when I was looking at the seeding, especially after they would lose a game, I was always looking ahead to the seeding. Maybe too much, you can say that. Maybe I didn't enjoy the process enough for this team because I was always looking ahead to the seat, the seeding. Maybe many of the players are looking ahead to the NCAA tournament as well on this team. But the problem that Purdue had is if they didn't beat Wisconsin, their seeding wasn't going to be helped at all by IU. And go to the next step. The next game in the Big Ten tournament could be against a team like Penn State or uh, like Rutgers or somebody like that who's <clears throat> not a darling of the uh, algorithms. And so, again, you'll have two wins in a row, potentially, before you get any chance at helping your seeding, according to the computers. Now, here's the next part. Does the committee this year care a ton about the net? Uh, I hope not right now because right now Purdue's net is 13th they dropped to 13th I said to a lot of you guys on Twitter that number two seed was going to be a difficult feat for Purdue to reach um, uh, I think a week ago before the Wisconsin game uh, I got a hard time from some people but my whole thing was looking at they have to win on the road Wisconsin after losing to Michigan State to get that two seed that was it 
They didn't do it. I think it's going to be hard for them to get a two or even a, uh, well, <clears throat> I think they're a three seed right now. I think they're going to be locked into a three seed. I think if they have any decent showing at all, even against a weaker opponent, I think they're probably going to be a three seed. But we don't know. That's the other thing. We don't know. And then the next part is that matchup, who they play, and the multiple matchups, who they play game in, game out, of course, really matters in the NCAA tournament. It's extremely important, of course, who they draw, how prepared that team is, who's their coach, what are the matchups. All these things are going to matter. All of them are going to come into play. But another interesting part of this, a lot of Purdue fans right now, as we look through the prism, we know all the information of what happened this season, and we saw November and how magical it was. And even December, that team was still just hitting teams in the mouth that, with that beast of an offense, right? A couple of Purdue fans have said something like, well, when Purdue wasn't focusing on defense, they were a better team. The offense-minded Purdue team is a better team. And I think that's a fair point. I think it's a fair way to look at it. You could say teams get worn out when they play defense, but I don't see any immense change in kind of the the whole MO of the team. I do see individuals trying a bit harder on defense. I still don't think Jaden Ivey is a every possession defender. I think that's a big problem for Purdue's defense because you have to kind of, Ivy generally draws a pretty good player, a guy that can score, and he's not playing the same level of defense play in, play out. Um, he he ended the season offensively, not like he wanted to. I'm sure he wanted to have a better performance, uh, but uh, you can't do anything about that now. And you can't, it's hard to change an entire season of habits and the definition of who you are as a team. So can they flip, flip a switch? I would say uh, that's a hard thing to ask. Can they go back to the way they played in November? I would say absolutely not. The reason that I look at November as kind of an amazing time, I look at that depth and the production of the bench as one of the biggest things that defined that team. That was incredible. When I say that team, I mean as Purdue stood right then, you had 10 deep offensive threats, all of them. Everybody in that 10 could score at that point in the season. And that can be multiple factors. Number one, you had guys that were confident, playing really well. You had some guys coming um, off of uh, summer uh, leagues, like you had Edie, Ivy, and First had all just come back from Team USA and Team Canada, um, where they were they were playing all the time, multiple times a day, being coached really well, you know, really high-level basketball. And so they were ready coming into the season. They were playing their best. And then the other part, first, that COVID thing knocked him down pretty good. I haven't heard much talk about that in the last month and a half or two months. But he got a, a tough version of COVID. Some people didn't. You know, um, that happens. And uh, I think it took him a little bit to get back on his feet. I think, you know, not only did he get a haircut in the middle of the season, I think he may have lost some weight, um, which happens. So that's one of those 10, though, that was playing really well offensively back in uh, back in in November and December. On top of that, Isaiah Thompson had a little more confidence shooting the ball. He was getting more opportunities to shoot the ball. Um, Ivy was really smartly finding him in the corner as he would draw in double and triple teams in the lane. Um, and then you had, of course, Brandon Newman, who isn't even in the rotation anymore. That's a different team. That's a different identity. That depth was really, really important for that team. So that's my whole thing. If I look at the the differences and why this team is playing differently, I think it all comes down to depth, who's prepared game in, game out, who's a threat to score game in, who, game out, who does Painter trust to play solid defense game in, game out. I mean, yesterday versus IU, we saw something very interesting, and we've seen it. This is a recurring theme with Painter this year. In the crunch, in, in, down in crunch time, 
Painter would almost always pick Williams to be on the floor instead of Edie. Regardless of what had happened before, he just had more trust in him. I think it's more than anything. His defensive mobility, his ability to move laterally, uh, created problems for opposing offenses. I think he still thinks Edie is a bit of a uh, work in progress on defense, and he thought Williams was more complete. Williams made some plays at the end of the game. The funny thing, I listened to the media assessment of yesterday's game in the post-game comments, and I see something different than they did, and I don't know why. Maybe it was being in Mackey Arena, they were different. I don't know why. But the whole thing, again, let's, let's, let's talk in NCAA tournament terms, the body of work of Trey Williams yesterday versus IU was not great. <clears throat> he made some plays down the stretch, there's no doubt, but he also missed two important free throws. If he hits all four of his free throws, and that's asking a lot for a guy who shoots, what, 59% on the season, uh, for free throws, but if he hits all of them, the game's out of reach, and IU, there's not much drama. There's not that sinking feeling that we've all had this season where the opponent gets the ball back and has a chance to win the game with a three-pointer. We've seen it over and over and over, and I said it two podcasts ago, I wish Purdue would get it through their heads that you don't want it to be a one-possession game, and they don't seem to get that, and there are ways to stop that easily without overhauling a team, and one of those ways, boy, I sound like a broken record, is hitting free throws. So uh, can Purdue flip the switch? We will know soon. We are in the uh, crunch now. We will see what they do in the Big Ten tournament. That's still not the end goal for this team. We all know that. They've all been pointing at the NCAA tournament. So let's see what happens. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, you can comment below what you think about this team, their uh, defining characteristics, how they've played over the last month, the course of the season. I will say, though, I disagree with a couple people in saying that Purdue has played poorly since whenever. Since let's let's pretend I heard this over and over. A lot of people say that Iowa game, the Iowa game where Purdue was was playing for number one, people think that was like a fulcrum point. And Purdue changed. I would argue that Purdue played some pretty damn good basketball after that. I keep mentioning these games specifically, but the Illinois game on the road, winning in double overtime versus a team that was not playing poorly. They were playing tough. They were dialed in. Purdue went in there, beat them. That was a big deal. The Illinois game at home was a massive win. It was a tough win. Even Michigan, even though it was a closer game, they played pretty well in that game, played pretty complete as a team. And then finally that Rutgers game at Mackey Arena was a, just a hell of an effort all the way around, and they dominated a very, very hot Rutgers team who nobody could beat at that point. Those are big games. I, I think it's tough to paint with a broad brush say the entire season they were different after that point. I think it comes to, it's something as simple as this. The competition got better. Villanova, let's not forget, Purdue beat Villanova, Purdue beat North Carolina. Both teams were down one player. I'm not saying that's the reason. Purdue was playing great at that point, really great. Purdue was further developed than those teams. But they were both down a player. And I would also say North Carolina just wasn't that good. I keep saying that. I think we have to know it. I know North Carolina beat Duke on the fantastic, amazing Krzyzewski retirement night, which was like a Christmas present for me. I loved seeing that. And that helped. That should have helped Purdue's net. Turns out Purdue sits at 13. Funny, funny note about this. Last thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie up here with is Purdue sits at 13, not only in the net, but also in the Ken Palm right now as they get ready for the Big Ten tournament. Well, Purdue's final season, end of season, Ken Palm ranking. Well, and that's after that magical NCAA tournament run. We got to take that with a grain of salt. But that Carson Edwards team, the Carson Edwards Ryan Klein team in 2019, their final Ken Palm ranking was ninth. This team's ranking right now is 13th. The team before with Edwards and Haas and that great senior class, 
their final uh, Ken Palm ranking was fifth. So let's look at that. Let's look everything we know through that uh, prism, and we can even assess further at whenever the tournament run is over for Purdue, we can assess further where this team really stacks up. But I can tell you this much. You will judge this team differently dependent upon how this, this NCAA tournament run goes. I don't think many of you will change drastically based on what you see in the Big Ten tournament. Even if they bow out early, if they make a, big, if they make a national, uh, an NCAA tournament run, or if they fizzle out quickly like they did versus North Texas, either one of those scenarios, you will judge this team differently. And we all will and we all do. Now, can they flip the switch? Again, that's going to be the question. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless you. Have a great day. Hammer down, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye.